Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a currently bi-weekly podcast where we usually cover every episode of Lucifer in chronological order. I'm Lena. And I'm Vero. And today we are once again getting ahead of ourselves and bring you our very own thoughts on season six, the final season, the end. Oh, I hate you so much for saying that. They are very raw, the feelings and the opinions, because I have finished watching the finale about half an hour ago. And let me tell you, there is a lot of stuff that I plan on bottling up with the rest of my emotions for the rest of my life very soon. But because I love you people and I love you, Lina, I will let them squirt out a little bit for you. Unlike our last two specials, we are going to go episode by episode this time and not go into liked and didn't like because we both are very much on the happy side when it comes to this season. Spoiler. And so we want to bask in the things that we did like. At the end, of course, there will be no predictions because... This is the end, I say once again, having had a few days to process. So no wild predictions, but instead we have questions that we will try to ask whenever we have the chance and opportunity to come in contact with those possibly capable to answer them. So we will talk about that. And as you are used to, we will end this special with general thoughts on season six. And then we will leave you back to the episode by episode coverage yay <laughs> do you want to say some general things you liked or didn't like i'm gonna start with the fact that heads off to the writers and thank you to everybody who has done anything and worked on this season because you know if there ever is a final season as a whole thing to be watched this is one of the best examples that i can conjure up at the moment of something truly beautiful yeah why i think that and all that satisfaction that I got from all the different characters over and over and over, over again, this is what we're going to get into in the next X amount of time. All over, I just want to say, I yeah. loved the pacing of the season because there was not a single episode that felt rushed or drawn out to me, which was very different in season five in parts. And also it felt so equally balanced when it came to the different storylines and characters. And yeah. so I totally enjoyed this balancing act that they managed to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go right ahead and say everyone gets a very happy ending latest at the very, very end. I'm sorry, I'm a sucker for a happy ending. As shallow as it might be in parts, it still makes me happy. So that is definitely on the plus side. Is there anything you didn't like in general? No, because there are bits that I did not love watching, but all of them came to fruition in a way that I was very happy about and very satisfied. So even the little details that I will be talking about that weren't Mm. my favorites, those Mm. all in the big picture, they all make sense. I have one big thing that I didn't like, and I am aware that I am in no way in a position to judge on this properly so I Mm -hmm. honestly cannot wait for more qualified people to judge on this but to me the way they tried to address the police issue that was already raised in season 4 felt very much okay we're trying this and in some parts it felt good but at the very end it felt very much Chloe returns gets promoted and now fixes things and that was too much white savior to me yeah yeah and that is the only thing overall I didn't like I like that they tried for the storyline and I cannot wait for 
more qualified people to comment on this if this mm. is still copaganda like so many procedural TV shows in that genre or if this was handled way better than I can perceive because I'm a white non-American woman I have no idea about the actual racism in within the American police system and the actual mm. inequality within it so yeah. that is the only thing overall I want to comment on let's get into episode one what did you like are we starting with the likes because that's going to be a long list same <laughs> <laughs> Let's start. So what happens at the beginning is that they throw us straight into a emotional roller coaster of Lucifer doubting if he should be God in the first place. Is it the best thing for him? Is it the best thing for humanity? And that's something that I really appreciated on the level of it's not done. Sometimes when you make a decision, a lot of times when you make a decision, it doesn't mean that it's over. You still have to process the thing, you have to do the thing, and you have to prepare for the actual thing to happen which one of the things that is going to be recurring in my notes and my praises is this is what they're doing throughout this season they are leading us through this process of these characters and, and in this moment Lucifer where we get to see what happens after after you have an epic finale after the epiphany there is reality exactly so this is what I really really appreciate as a first thing interesting that is not even anywhere on either of my lists I have to confess. The first thing about episode one that I immediately fell in love with was the paralleling to season one, episode one. That was such a wonderful homage to where we've come from. Mm -hmm. This is actually gonna really quickly slide into the first thing I didn't like because they hint at this bringing out the desires in humans can actually lead to ruin and doom. Mm -hmm. And they hint at it here, but it never goes anywhere. And this is, I feel, a wasted opportunity. Hmm. Well, if you look at it from Lucifer's perspective, this is the first moment where he starts doubting, well, consciously doubting his decision. That's the reasoning behind it, while at the very end he ends up actually helping the people who slit on the wrong side of the things, who are feeling guilty about things. For me, this was an opportunity for Lucifer to see that once he does the bring out the desire in a human in a mortal mm -hmm. he cannot just walk out on their life yeah. again without having a lasting effect on them yeah. sometimes he will lead someone to fulfill their most important dream or their actual true desires on the other hand in this case he helped along this path for this human to drugs and a failed marriage and like everything about this situation is it's played very much for laughs but it mm. has this sinister undertone so at the mm. same time, I love this paralleling. On the other side, I was like, I wish they do something with this. And this just doesn't go anywhere. And so I was kind of sad. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not wrong. But let's talk about <laughs> happy things. Because we get the dinner party at Linda's house. Perfect, perfect, perfect. The entire situation was one of the best things about this episode. The way Linda keeps on prodding. Needling away. So good. Mm, so good. And a minute you'll... She knows. While Amenadiel is trying to steer it away from the topic because he doesn't want to deal with the conflict, the fact that we end up at the very end of the situation with Eve and Mace engaged is 
one of Perfection. my favorite things. It's so yes. good. And yes. the fact that they actually say the words to each other, they tell each other what they want, what they expect. It was just a beautiful moment between the two of them. And I'm really happy that Linda just kept on proding, not gonna lie. Yeah. While her motivation was partly self-serving, this was played so perfectly. And the revelation that Mace doesn't want to go to hell, I honestly had forgotten that this was still the official plan. I mm. had already assumed that the whole Queen of Hell business wasn't gonna happen. Mm. And so I was like, oh, right, there was this thing, I forgot. And then it's like, no, we're not going to hell. And we're staying here and hunting bounties and we're getting engaged. And I'm like, yeah. So I yeah. absolutely loved everything about this. All the good things. Yeah. Around this part, I have written down that the music is absolutely amazing. The whole season, the soundtrack. Mwah. Chloe keeping the necklace and keeping the super strength was so brilliant. The way she kicks the dude at the end of the whole case across the tunnel or wherever they are. And it's like, oh, right. Chloe retained this. And I was like, okay, this is going to be amazing and this is going to be fucked up. Because unlike Lucifer, I instantly realized that this was going to be addictive. And this is actually the other tiny thing I didn't like about this episode, that Lucifer didn't remember how problematic the effect of celestial items are on mortals. But I love that they have given her the super strength and I love the base idea of the addiction storyline. Yeah, I have to say I did not clock it in this episode yet. I have started noticing this a little bit later and it was a little grating for me at times, but I was very happy with how that got resolved. I was very happy with Chloe being the one to choose yeah. and ask for that power being taken away from her. Which also fits this whole narrative so greatly because breaking an addiction is the hardest thing you can ever do, but you can it only do it it if it comes from within you when someone externally is, will try to break an addiction from you that will not happen so mm -hmm. she had to be the one to be like I give it up you need to take this and I yes. absolutely love this yeah well speaking of kind of double-edged things there's this one thing that I didn't have as a negative but neither I had it as a positive at this moment <laughs> okay that is the fact that Dan is in hell oh I love the fact that Dan got a newly created purgatory that Lucifer not only cared enough to go down and pause his hell loop basically Mm -hmm. But that he invented purgatory for Dan just so that Dan would not suffer eternal torture for thousands of years. I mean, we can argue when we cover the episode if thousands of years of playing ping pong isn't its <laughs> own kind of torture. I mean, it is. At least it's not physically painful. I absolutely fucking lutely loved it. I fucking fucking loved it. I grew to love it later on, but at this moment, I was a little indifferent because we knew that Dan was in hell. Yes. Which I have successfully forgotten. <laughs> so I got upset all over again when I was reminded. And I was happy that Lucifer clearly cares enough for Daniel to help out. Did you miss the photo? Which photo? Oh, the, when he... On his nightstand, it's he has a framed the... photo of the selfie he took of Dan during the party he oh, did in season five of Dan Espinosa naked and afraid mm -hmm. that to me was the ultimate confirmation how much lucifer cares 
for Dan. He did not put he did not put this picture there for anyone but himself mm-hmm. because him making sure that Dan is not stuck in a hell or something could all be construed as him doing this for Chloe or something. But the picture on his nightstand, mm. Mm. my tiny little heart just mm. grew three times in size. Also, the picture is amazing. I absolutely want this picture to get signed. Like this is something it's, that I would love as a autograph option. It's brilliant. Yeah. What I also love about this situation is the fact that Lucifer is very heavily coming down on the free will issue. Yes, finally, 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 we are getting proper address of free will. It's what it's all about. Because Mm -hmm. this is such an important and core theme in the comics. And yes, I am aware that this show is only very loosely based on the comics. But this is the core theme. Mm -hmm. And not just on the comics, but on all proper done Lucifer lore things. So my tiny little details heart (laughs) was so much stuff to talk about. So I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Do you have anything else that you loved in episode one? Because I have one final thing. I also have one final thing and it is in all cups. It's the cliffhanger. It's the cliffhanger. Exactly. The fucking cliffhanger of episode one was... Also, I think I used to have those shoes. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me whatsoever. That outfit, that entire outfit is peak Lina in her early 20s is my guess. Yes, yes. That was like peak goth phase. Those types of shoes, that kind of outfit. My makeup skills weren't as on point as Rory's, obviously. But, oh. You know, I'm gonna just get this out of the way. I usually don't love when they introduce new characters this late in the game. I was vocal about the fact that I hate even the idea of them having a child together. And I flipped quicker than a fucking burger in a fast food restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) I am so here for it. I adore Rory, which, of course, to no small effect is because she is played by Brianna Hildebrandt. And I adore this woman. I have the biggest crush on her. She is excellent. She is brilliant. She's and she brilliant. looks like Beautiful. them. How does she look like them? She plays everything and everything that she's been. She is amazing. Like her. Yes. <laughs> It's basically like when Richard is directing an episode, you go on your Richard fangirling (laughs) appreciation tensions. And so I might just do some Brianna appreciation tensions. Thank you for giving me this because speaking of Richard, he is the one who directed episode two. It took me exactly four and a half minutes before I googled it to double check. (laughs) I didn't dare Google anything. So the second I realized that this was directed by Rich is when they arrive to the crime scene and the way he frames the cinema. Mm. And Ella and Carol. I love Carol. Come up there. And the way this is framed, it's incredible and it's beautiful. And it's like very, you know that every single detail of that shot was placed there on purpose. And I was like, oh, feels like the work of Richard Spade Jr. Let me check that. And I was right. Nice. But speaking of Carol, I love everything about Carol. Yes. Every single thing. I did not expect it because I remember being 
not sold on him during the funeral and the whole then setting Ella up with a good guy right before he dies. I remember being kind of negative on this. Mm. I am sold on Carol. Completely a thousand percent sold and I appreciated every little thing that they did with him. That like, the whole investigation happening later on and him being um, a dry alcoholic, mm. like taking it one day at a time and him being so understanding. Every single thing about him I adore. And I'm very yeah. happy that he is going to be or that he's ending up as Ella's partner because mm-hmm. she deserves every tiny bit of happiness. Yes. And I'm just going to combine this with my other thing that I really, really liked about this episode that is Ella kicking ass and moving on from Pete. TSD. It's excellent. Yeah. I was so there's good. A, there is a lot of little details in this episode that are excellent. And we will talk about them when we cover this episode for reals. One of my favorite thing is I always love when they cast queens that I recognize. So when I saw that Katya is the receptionist, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, what is the devils in the details going to be about in this episode? Yes, RuPaul. it's going to be the drag queens. Yes, so. all of them. Every single one of them. Well, I'm probably going to try to be a bit like, okay, which drag queens are actually showing up and who are they playing? A reference to the actual real world and their work mm-hmm. and then probably like some general bits about drag culture. Even in this day and age, there are some people who are not watching RuPaul. So I find it hard to believe. I know it's wild, but they exist and they also should have the opportunity to be educated. That is good, true and yes. Thank you. (laughs) So I'm going to get this thing out of the way. And that is the whole Chloe breaking rules just for the sake of breaking rules. And that was something that I had an issue with and didn't get addressed for a few episodes. Again, the way it turns out, I'm happy with. But at this moment, I just did not understand what was happening and I was struggling. I did not like it at all. This still plays in the no one recognizing the addiction storyline happening yet Mm -hmm. the payout we get at the very end makes it worth it but I did not enjoy it at this stage so I'm fully with you on that point I have to say there's one other thing I didn't like so I just want to get this out of the way because otherwise I have no dislikes about this episode Mm -hmm. I did not like that we get a Michael callback of him scrubbing the floor in hell Mm. and nothing ever comes off it yeah you know what that makes me I would rather not him there at all exactly maybe just mention or something exactly. but I did not have to see him because then yeah. I just got even more because I was already paranoid about a lot of things I was paranoid about Carol I was paranoid about this mysterious new angel showing up emo oh, angel oh. showing up yes. being or evil and everything but drop Michael in the mix and I just got so m- mistrustful towards yeah. anything and anyone yeah. and honestly I guess it's a good thing on one hand because at least this was not just a happy happy experience throughout this entire season mm. it gave me a little bit more tension but I could probably love it without this as well the thing is this is yet another storyline that they start and don't do anything with it's like Mm. the hint at the oh bringing out desires might lead to ruin and doom Mm. and we're not gonna do anything with it and then second episode here's Michael down in hell because everyone deserves a second chance and we're not doing anything with it I'm like really two episodes two times where I'm like let's do something with this maybe it's something they're going to bring in each episode no okay well 
I tried. <laughs> but otherwise, everything about this episode is absolutely fucking brilliant. Hmm. I have a question for you. Is this an actual Ella episode? The closest we got, probably. Yes. Right? I feel like there's another one later on, but... But all over, Ella gets so much more time and screen presence and relevance in the season that I am just rejoicing. Finally. I mean, better late than never, and it completely pays off. Mm -hmm. But to wrap episode two up, the frog landing on Ella's car... Announcing the apocalypse is now approaching perfection. That yes. made me so happy. And then, of course, later on, it turns out that she names the frog Dan and everything. It's oh, wonderful. Fucking wonderful. Speaking of Dan, I want to move us right into episode three, unless you have anything else. Nope. And that is, I love every tiny thing about Ghost Dan. Even when it annoyed me, I loved it. Yes. So yes. good. Kevin Alejandro kills it as Ghost Dan. Yes. So good. So good. I have zero negative things to say about Kevin Alejandro in this entire season. I only have one negative thing to say about Dan later on, but never about Kevin. Yeah. He did an excellent job both on acting and directing. Oh, right. He directed this season, right? He, I'm pretty sure he did more than one. He definitely did episode nine. Ooh. And I think I, he did another one, but I didn't actually check. It's the, do you know which one it is? Yeah, yeah I know. That's the one where Dan goes yeah. to heaven, but that is actually the one episode where I have an issue with Dan. So that is interesting. Ooh, okay. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> okay, but I have one negative thing to say about episode three, because we are still on episode three. It is the one on and only thing, and it's pretty much the same as it was in episode two. I hate everything that is happening with Chloe. Every single thing that was happening with Chloe in this episode, I despised. The continuation of the addiction plotline, basically. Yes. Yeah. It's just something that made me very uncomfortable. I guess it's a good thing because it brought more attention for me to this. And then the payoff was that much greater, I guess. Yeah. But watching it unfold in front of me, I was just very unhappy. I actually have two very different complaints about this episode before we go back to the good stuff. You go ahead. I hated the comic style. I absolutely hated that comic style. Probably because okay. I have zero nostalgia connected mm. with that comic style. It was the same back on Supernatural of Scooby Natural. Didn't care. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't work for me. Especially the butt chin stuff didn't work for me at all. And the other thing, why would we end Jimmy's hell loop and have him in a suspended purgatory like Dan? Jimmy is a fucking murderer. So his mom left him when he was a child. Boo fucking who? I have zero empathy for Jimmy and I mm -hmm. don't think that it is right or righteous that his hell loop gets just put on hold and he gets to sit with his mom on the hotel bed watching the cartoons. I am very, very angry with that and I'm going to talk about this when we talk about the last episode as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when I was watching this, I knew that you were going to have a <laughs> problem with this. You know me. But I feel like they're trying to prove the whole point of there are some things that are just extremely painful and I think that putting Jimmy into that suspended purgatory thing didn't necessarily end his pain and I also think that Lucifer didn't leave him like that for the rest of the eternity. I think that then when we get the very end... He's gonna we, sit on the couch gonna, at some point and I yeah. disagree with that 
as well. But we're going to talk about this when we okay. talk about episode 10. So that is all I didn't like about this episode because there were so many other things I adore in episode three. Like mm-hmm. I already mentioned before we started recording, properly recording, Rory's wings are made of blades and this is the most metal thing I can imagine. And, and I the color. love it. The fucking wings are beautiful. The color is wonderful. The shape, everything about it. But she has fucking bladed. She has fucking blade feathers. Feathers. And that is so awesome. It's amazing. And I absolutely agree with you. It's so good. I loved it. That was aesthetically, so good. It was one of the most beautiful things on the season, aesthetically. And also, of course, in the very end, then with the twist. Mm-hmm. So it's incredible. The wings were so, so good. Yeah. For me, I first thing that I realized about this episode was when we went back to the pilot, not for the first time, not for the last throughout this season, the pilot villain. I felt like this is going to be some sort of a throwback episode but then it kind of was but it wasn't really because we got bits of the same dialogue and yeah. we got to confront our first bad guy of the the entire show but it was with such a twist that it actually made me happier that it was done this way because yeah. I prefer them doing something like this and they're gonna do it again throughout this season it was just very enjoyable I really appreciated this because we got so many non and tidbits from the past especially from season one we get the callback with Delilah and everything we get the pilot and there's more to come and we're going to talk about this a lot when we go the episode by episode coverage Mm -hmm. and it is going to make it so so awesome and I know I keep repeating awesome amazing brilliant but that is how I came out of this season yeah same Another thing I really, really enjoyed is that Amenadiel's mentor slash boss, whatever, training officer, whatever you call that position, Mm. is the best kind of cop. Like the driving maze to the women's shelter, like, hey, you seem troubled, so maybe you can get some help here and everything. Like, this is what policing is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated Amenadiel getting this supposed hardest, who then turns out to be the actual, this is what a cop is supposed to be person. Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed that a lot. And also, I really liked the actress for the training officer. She was very, very good. Speaking of that situation there, Mace with a soul is one of my favorite things ever. Her opening up to Amenadiel when he confronts her, like, why are you doing this? Like, this is not funny or anything. And she's like, because I care. Because I am your friend, Amenadiel. And I'm like, oh, oh my heart. Why yeah. you do this? <laughs> and then again, I have a massive note. And by massive, I mean actually physically massive in my notebook love to all the music again yeah the music throughout fucking brilliant incredible everything that is happening with Dan I know that you've already mentioned it every single thing that is happening with Dan in this episode is incredible it's great and in this moment I started believing that this is going to bring us to this great revelation and Dan is going to figure out how to get to heaven and I just truly believe that and what a what an amazing what a ride what a ride we get there we have a lot of exciting things and especially this episode's cliffhanger is very exciting if I remember correctly I didn't write that one down only the first one I have written down that it's amazing if I remember correctly this is the one where the daughter revelation she shows up at Chloe's and calls her mom yeah right that is the daughter revelation with the whoops yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yep. One last thing I want to point out about episode three, and then we can move on, move on to episode four, is Lucifer gives us bone slough again. And this that is not was the first so time, funny. It's not the last time. It comes back yes. n- multiple times over the entire season. And the remake I sit reference. Here. I sit here, Lina, and ask you, how can you resist watching it when Lucifer loves it so much? And you love Lucifer so much. They're there. Even our listeners want you to watch it. So, again, please pledge yourself to at least trying watching it. A few seasons, two seasons. When I get rid of some of my backlog, then I will consider it. I'm watching Shins Creek at the moment, so get over it. Let's continue on to episode four. And I have to say this. First and foremost, one of my favorite things about this episode, Lucifer's still horribly bad drawing skills. Yes. I love it so fucking much that it is canon within the Lucifer's that Lucifer cannot draw for shit. The picture is incredible. It's so funny. I love it so, so, so (gasps) much. Made me extremely happy. What I love about this episode is that as I mentioned in episode one they got together they are now working on their happily ever after we get the actual debates about the relationship we have them working through issues that are coming up with an actual relationship it's not all beautiful and sunlit and rainbows and unicorns. This is the first time we're going to have to disagree because the non-sharing tension between Lucifer and Chloe to me felt so season four that I have this on my did not like list for this episode. I don't think this is the only thing that is happening there. I think that a lot of the not so great stuff is coming from from the issues that Chloe is herself struggling with. And I do have on my negative list that we are not addressing her strength issue in this episode at all. But Lucifer not sharing the information about his potential daughter, con- conquest, the orgy, past, whatever, not talking about ghosts then. Like all of this feels so season four mm. that yeah, I did enough. not like this. And so this is our first disagreement on likes, dislikes, because I actually actually have this on the negative list. That's fair. But everything else in this episode that relates to Ghost Dan, I loved. I loved Mace messing with Ghost Dan, pretending that she cannot hear him. Oh, so good. Even though it hurt me so, so bad, I adored Dan looking in on Trixie and mm-hmm. her mourning her dad. Like everything about Ghost Dan and the interactions that he has, I enjoyed. Funnily enough, I did not enjoy Amenadiel repeatedly making a fool of himself talking to Ghost Dan. Like I feel he should have caught on way quicker that he looks like talking to himself. I mean, he kind of does that for the rest of the season, so... It's a bit too dorky for Amenadiel. I don't think so. I think it's very Amenadiel. I feel like it's only fitting for Ames to be the only one who actually talks to Dan. What I felt like Dan could have been a little bit more sensitive about is putting Ames into these situations. Yeah. But then again, he's a ghost who's been in hell for thousands of years, so... Yeah, I know what you mean, and this is something that's coming up in episode six where he's basically messing up Ames' first mm. day. Mm. So yeah, on the one hand, he should be more considerate. On the other, he literally has three people that he can talk to. Four. And one of them's a demon. Yes. He can't really talk to Rory because she's yeah. never well, really around. So it's Lucifer, yeah. Amenadiel, and Mace. Mace. He doesn't have a lot of options. Do you have anything else for episode four that you want to... Nope. I am ready to get into episode five with my note that is neither good or bad. It was just 
what the fuck is happening? So it's probably the time travel stuff with Daughter from the Future. And we've mentioned this on the pod, I'm sure, before. I usually really, really hate time travel because it's really difficult to pull it off. And I hated it for majority of this entire situation. Oh, really? Okay. Because I always wait for the other shoe to drop when it comes to time traveling, you know? And it does it drop feels in the end. Like, it feels like there's always a catch. Yeah. And there's usually a catch that is not well resolved. Oh, okay. Which... You mean dead way a shoe. Yeah. Because like yeah. within the plot line there's always the other shoe that needs to drop and yes. it does here as well. But mm-hmm. it's done very, very well in my opinion. Yes. But yeah, usually they tend to maneuver themselves into a corner. And they don't know their way out. They planned this very, very well. So this works. You can tell that this was a season where they said, hey, what if we do this? And then went from there yeah. and created it so it works. Yeah. But my issue with time travel usually is that they just decide to use it and they don't think about the details and the consequences that it's yeah, going the to impl- Implications, Eventually. yeah. Yeah. Supernatural. So, I don't know what you're talking about. Harry Potter. Exactly. You know. Yeah, Time Turner. Wow. There is, yeah. There is a many of yeah. e- examples in the world of science fiction and fantasy and real yeah. life because definitely that's also possible in real life, right? So, you know, I had big reservations when I heard it was time travel. I had big reservations when I realized that she is actually going to be their proper daughter, like not just mm. Lucifer's daughter, but like Chloe and Lucifer. Mm-hmm. And I hated everything about the potential concept of a Decastar baby and pregnant <laughs> Chloe and I was so ready to hate on this with a passion yeah no daughter from the future I can work with this I vibe with this she's awesome and she's metal and she's emo and she's goth and she's moody and she's rebellious and she has pink streaks in her hair and she has blades for wings and sass for days yeah i'm she i'm here incredible. for it also rory short for aurora perfect and i love mm-hmm. rory and her hair is amazing she has perfect hair as per usual brianna hillebrand has always perfect hair rein it in a little bit because you need to keep some stuff within for the actual episodes <laughs> Let's switch over to another thing I want to positively rant on. Okay. Ella figuring out the celestial stuff on her own made yes. me incredibly happy. And yes. it is so well done. And I love where they went with it and how they resolved it. And I am here for it. This was perfect. Mm-hmm. And speaking of perfect things, we finally get a proper direct addressing of Chloe's situation. Yeah. Lucifer becomes aware of of the situation they have this amazing fight that made me really 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 scared and him again being absolutely willing to have her kill him remember yeah. in season four no in season four when she has the the axe to his chest oh yes Yes. He would have let her kill him in that moment. And this felt like another callback. Like, if she is going to kill him, he is going to let it happen. Yes. Because he does not matter. She matters. Yeah. So, wonderful callback and so intense. Yeah. And this is just yet another show off of the beautiful love and strong love that he has for her. And this whole relationship you know what I've said it before I normally do not ship and I normally do not ship that hard but (laughs) 
these two characters, the way they are written, the way they are played, with every single detail that are is added to their relationship, especially over season six, mm. it just makes me so happy. And it oh, makes yeah. me so happy for them at the very end. And it's just, I nearly, like, when we get to episode eight, we're going to mention it, but, like, just the wholesomeness yeah. and strength of their relationship is just incredible. And one of the reasons this is so strong to experience for me and the fact that I care so much is that they really took their time. They spent so many years trying to find reasons not to be together. We got the slow burn. We got the long run. And this is why we now have this basis for it and why it works so well. Yeah, they essentially go through all the reasons not to just to be left with the one, one final thing. And that is, well, we have to because there is no other way. Oh, very Sherlock of them. If the only thing that is left. However improbable, (laughs) it must be true. Yes. So this payoff of not the last moment, not the last, you know, it's the payoff is not just the last episode. The payoff is not just the last scene of this season. It's the entire season. Yeah. And I'm so happy for it. And another thing that they did really, really well was use the bad things that happen and find a silver lining in it because Mm -hmm. in this episode with the still happening effects on Chloe, Lucifer has the idea to try the meeting between Chloe and Ghost Dan so that Mm -hmm. they can have a final conversation. Mm -hmm. And that made me so incredibly happy because it was so sweet and so painful and so wonderful. It was so beautiful. And so is Lucifer's conversation with Mace about the abandonment issues that they both went through. Yeah. The fact that Mace actually gives him really, really good advice and he doesn't follow through immediately, but eventually he does. I mean, when Linda and Mace recommend doing the same thing, there has to be some merit to it, right? Exactly. It's been called out multiple times, so it must be true. So, yeah. I have one thing I didn't like in this episode. Yes. And that was the dentist plotline. Oh, I completely just didn't care about that whatsoever. So I completely forgot that it even happened. I found that so grating that I had to mention it because it was really, really distracting and annoying. Mm, and I get enough. that it was supposed to be like the setup with the, oh, this is the bad address. So we have to make sure that I don't go there. So we have to investigate beforehand. And mm. uh, Maybe the actress did too good a job because that sniveling shithead instantly got on my nerves so bad. Yes. So bad. So this is the only thing I didn't like about this episode. That's fair enough. I completely forgot that it actually happened. So I guess same. Let me get the only thing I didn't like about the next episode out of the way. Because there was only one thing. And that is episode six. Dan messing up Amenadiel's first proper day as a cop. Yes. That's the only thing I didn't like. Everything else is in the happy column. Yes. I have zero things in the sad column this time. Except maybe that's more of a note than a complaint. It was making me mad that Lucifer, in order to figure out how to make it up to Rory, chose to spend time away from Rory while doing so. You know, even though he got the same advice from Mace and Linda, he still actively tried to find reasons to confront the issue head on. But it was very Lucifer, so I was okay with it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm saying this is not much of a complaint. It was just something that was just so like, just go to her, Lucy. 
it. Just go to her. Just be with her. You're not gonna fix it from afar. I was good with it mostly because they have this connecting via music when she is sitting in the penthouse and playing the guitar and he joins in on the piano. <sighs> oh my god. So the payoff comes within this episode. So I didn't have the same issue as with other stuff where it was like mm. grating. But then you get the payoff. Here you get the payoff within this episode. So it makes me yes. really, really happy. Yeah. Oh god, that moment. Mm. And the song. But the best thing about this episode is when Ella hugs Amenadiel and checks for wings and a halo. Oh, yes. I think I was writing something down. That was so funny. I fucking lost it in that moment. That was so hilarious. Mm. And oh, so, so Ella. Sweet and cute. Very Ella. <sighs> but otherwise, it was a very good episode, but I didn't have that much to bring into the summary. I would like to just say one more thing about this episode. This is the episode where I fell in love with Rory. Because I was very mistrustful towards her at the beginning. And the moment they sit in the car... <laughs> because it's my car! <laughs> The beginning of that scene where they sit in it and Lucifer's like, oh, you know, like this is a, you need to be gentle with her and stuff like that. But that moment where she just looks at him, like he's a complete idiot that he is. Yeah. I just so fell in love with her. And from now on, I am on board Team that Rory. Rory train. It's, ah. Oh. I just loved it so much when she goes, yeah, yeah because it's my car. Yeah, it's so Obviously, good. you're not around. The car is still there. Duh, it's mine. It makes so much sense. Yeah. I love it so much. So you know what? <sighs> Let me get the one thing I didn't like about episode seven out of the way again. Mm -hmm. Because as much as I love Rory mm. and as much as I am reminded of certain bad teenager behavior that I might have had to display to myself. <laughs> Maybe that's why. I was very annoyed with Rory for being angry at Lucifer for not being at the tailor when he had such a good reason not to be there because he literally saved the wedding. And I'm sorry, Rory, that has to come before coming to an appointment you said you weren't gonna be. Yeah. So, no, didn't like that. It's a very teenage angsty thing yes. to do. That was a extremely childish and it makes sense and it fits the storyline and everything. But I was like, Rory, you're better than that. Come on. Mm. So in this episode, there's one thing that I loved and hated at the same time and that is the whole Adam. Ella oh sorry it's the whole Ella speech and revelation because oh. what did you not like about this I loved it I hated the pain oh but, but I to loved hurt. the whole thing well, you love to hurt and you are openly admitting that. I like <laughs> to not feel emotions. That is my go-to. Thank you very much. But I was just so sad and hurting for Ella while also I was so happy that it's finally getting out of the open and then now they're gonna have to bring her in on everything because she already knows because she's Ella and she figured it out herself. Yeah. So, you know, that was that one thing. But speaking just, of Adam... No, wait, wait, wait. Because when you went like, okay, there was this yeah. one thing I hated and liked at the same time, I was like, has to be Adam. Because holy shit, it is so fucking amazing and hilarious that we all so get Adam because we have Eve, we had Lilith, we had Lucifer, we have them all. So come on, where's fucking Adam? God, his entrance is incredible. And they play it so perfectly because he is and everything. As usual, the music is amazing. But he is everything that Eve has described him as. But he also has the growth 
like the potential for growth, but he's growing really, really slowly. So Linda has her work cut out for her. So I loved everything about this and also the him offering to Eve to escort her and then her going like, thank you, but nah, I'm good. Yes. Uh, and that was only possible because he was there to make that offer and so that she could be her own person, which is such a huge part of her journey. <sighs> and, you know, the whole explanation that Linda gives at the party, Eve had to walk it herself yeah. for her reasons, the same way as Maze had to walk it with Linda with for her own reasons. Else. Yes. <sighs> and the paralleling of that is these two... Mm. I would not be me if I didn't point out the tiny thing that made me so ridiculously happy. In the beginning of the episode, Rory and Lucifer are up on a building with the best mm-hmm. view of LA. There's a dead pigeon in the background. <laughs> That's why and- they're talking about uh, brave pigeons and angels. And that was just so fun. Maybe it's just garbage and I mistook it for a dead pigeon, mm. but I am very sure there's a dead dead pigeon in the background and I love it I fucking love it it made me so ridiculously happy it's very emo yes it's very emo and it fit Rory's behavior so perfectly uh, yeah Oh. Um, spoiler, I have no negative things to say about episode 8. I feel like, wait, I have no more negative shit to say about the rest of this season. Oh, I do. I do. I would not be me if I hadn't. But Well, of course. Episode 8, I have three things that I want to praise. Mm-hmm. The first thing is, praise be Carol. I love everything about Carol, but especially in this episode. Yes, I see that. I adore adored the flashbacks and the callback montage. Oh, you the, mean the, the laugh montage at the very end? Yes. That is 100% my favorite thing about this episode. So, so good. The flashbacks were so funny because they were in these different styles. Like when Dan and Maze read the same scene to each other and the one time you have yeah. this super gruff Dan and this really scared Maze and then the yeah. other way around and you know exactly that Maze is so much closer to the truth than Dan was. Even though both are very heightened, yes. So (laughs) I loved everything about the flashbacks because they were so funny and it was so lovely done. It was so lovingly done. It was (sighs) such beautiful play on uh, actual flashbacks. So the thing is that you have like a lot of throwbacks and it's not just rehashing shots that we've already seen until the very end. Yeah. Where we see the montage, because this is where we finally see it from Rory's perspective. She doesn't have an opinion on the book. She hasn't been there for it. She only gets it from the way it is written. And holy shit, if that montage didn't make me emotional. I cried, I think, every episode at some point. But this wrecked me. Because as she says, that I always knew mom's side of things Mm -hmm. but now I read dad's point of view and what leads up to this is her shooting Lucifer Mm -hmm. like with the you don't actually care about me and him going well there's one way to prove this you just need to shoot me and going we don't shoot each other in this family yes we actually (laughs) do and that is the third thing that I want to praise because this wonderfully dysfunctional family having shoot me in the leg as a love language was perfect Yes, it 
indeed was. Also, obviously, the conscious and the subconscious of Lucifer now being finally in harmony mm-hmm. is a goal that I am very much on board with. Yes. With the whole sure. self-actualization thing happening. So, nice. Really, 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 really well done. Yes. I really enjoyed one more thing about this episode and that is Ella and that we are following up on the journey that we started with the speech at the wedding where she is following through with but you hated me and or like you didn't trust, you didn't me, trust me to share with me oh the spoiler on Ray Ray was so mean I mean, not mean, you know, Lucifer just didn't realize. And I am glad that she knows. Yeah, I'm glad that she got to deal with it. And in a way, I'm maybe even more glad that she found out herself because it made it easier for her to cope with the reality. Absolutely. You know, we don't know what she would have done if she actually saw Lucifer's devil face first before I'm curious, uncovering though. all the other details. Yeah. We don't know what she would have done if she knew that Ray Ray was the angel of death before it was time and before she knew about everybody else. Before so she, before she things, figured it out herself, yeah. Yeah, I feel like... Her journey was extremely unique and it was hers. Yeah, absolutely. And it made the transition as easy as it ever could have been. The same way, I think, if you look back at the way all the other characters found out, I think in a lot of details, it was the right way for them to find out. Even though everybody found out a little bit of a different way. Except Dan, I agree. Because Dan well, was yes, manipulated Dan... by Michael. Yeah, I was. I was Otherwise, yeah, I'm right. fully with you. Yes. So, episode nine. Directed by Kevin Alejandro. I have one thing I didn't like, and this is actually mm-hmm. a big thing. Dan going to Trixie wearing Lamech's body. Yes, that was something that he was... I would imagine would be problematic in the future if she became aware no, the thing whose is, body she was wearing. The thing is, Trixie is not a baby anymore. Yes. She has access to the internet. You cannot tell me that she does not know who killed her dad. I'm sorry. She knew her mom was in Hot Tub High School years ago. She knows the internet she has access on the news report it is when they uh, are looking for Lamech it says that he shot the detective Daniel Espinosa so yeah she I'm sure that Trixie knows who killed her dad and so this situation should have been fucking traumatizing for her to be yes confronted by her father's murderer. I adore the fact that she does the stranger danger thing by instantly kicking him and leveling him and everything. So that was nice. But this should have been fucking traumatizing. Also, Mm -hmm. it was endangering to Trixie. Yes, that was my issue with it. Dan is going up to heaven and he is leaving a murderer in close proximity to his daughter. Obviously, he didn't expect to go to heaven after that conversation. He took this risk and I do not believe that Dan would ever take this risk with Trixie no matter the potential payout because Mm. he loves his daughter so much because one of his best qualities has been what an amazing father he is and this is why this is the biggest thing I didn't like about the entire Mm. season Mm. Dan would always put the safety and well-being both mentally and physically of his daughter above his own needs so Mm. I do not see Dan doing this ever that is fair enough assumption and I think he was just in so much pain 
towards I get it. and so much guilt. So like yeah. I I hundred percent see where you're coming from and I don't necessarily completely disagree. Let me have my point because I I know what you're, you're trying to do. Yeah. Your point still stands. <laughs> so talk about what you didn't like if there was anything you didn't oh, like. Oh nothing. I Perfect. loved everything. My so favorite talk about thing, what you loved. <laughs> one of my first favorite things that we have here. So this is obviously Lucifer's last day on earth. And yeah. He decides to spend it with his daughter. The which father is daughter day. Oh. I have been calling for for a bunch of episodes now. Emotionally. I didn't want him to avoid her, which yeah. he is so very good at. And he decides not to. And this is something that he tells Dan as well. And that prompts Dan to go and talk to Trixie. And in this case, it is not endangering for yeah. said daughter to exactly. spend a day with her father. We finally get to see Rory melt much more towards Lucifer. <sighs> there have been base work laid down for this to happen. But they are so alike. And it's yeah. just so beautiful to watch that they enjoy all these things and do them together and that she even agrees to do this day with him and yeah. then you know everything and then they end up the day with him saying hey let's watch the best show ever and that's Bones and one yes thank you Lena you must watch it and two the entire revamp of future Bones is excellent and I really hope that they're gonna make that show one day I love when she talks about all those things and she goes like, yeah, and an android and oh, like, okay, perfect. I agree with everything you said about the father-daughter day. And in general, his saying goodbye to everyone. Yes, that was heartbreaking. I cried so much in this episode because every single goodbye was perfect in itself. Yes. Ev- every single goodbye. The mm-hmm. conversation with Ella, the gift with the pen... The conversation with Maze completely broke me. And her. Yeah. (laughs) And the fact that she knew that was what he was doing. You know, she knew he was saying goodbye. And still letting him do it. Because that's how they roll. And so, and as much as I didn't like the Dan using Lamech's body to go to Trixie, Mm -hmm. I loved the fact that he managed to possess Lamech and that he managed to go to heaven so yes the beginning and the end of that I absolutely adored I'm just not happy with some parts in between yeah I wasn't mm, extremely mad on the fact that they didn't realize that Lamech can still hear them I was annoyed by that it was yes when I saw his face after Dan went to heaven, I was just like, fuck. We are so fucked. But that I was is worried also... that he was going to go after Trixie. Yeah, but... that also. But in general, this season had so many amazing episode endings. Mm-hmm. Like they did that extremely well. They sometimes have great cliffhangers in the past. But this season? Hell yeah. Again, you could tell that this entire thing was written as one piece and not episode yeah. by episode. Yeah. Another tiny thing I have to point out. Apocalypse by a thousand paper cuts, aka angels answering prayers. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I loved it. Because no, it's not the metaphysical order that is actually out of whack. It is all the angels fucking about that is making it out of whack. So that was such a great explanation to the shit that is happening that I was really, really appreciative of this. Yeah. So somewhere along 
along the way there, Amenadiel decided to become god, which is something that I am very happy with. We have been calling for this for a while if now. If anybody is cut out for the job, it's Ames. And his approach is great. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's good that he ends up doing it. And it's good that Lucifer manages to let go off of it but uh, after a whole episode like that and getting the clock beating 12 and everything i was so They, they made it into the new day but I was so ready for this to be I had no you know what I I, I just had no idea what, what was going to happen in the last one and then they give me the stakes I expected something like this very early on because the only reason I could imagine why Chloe would never tell Rory why her father isn't around is if it was due to something she did mm. because she would never want to put the pressure on her daughter. And so yeah. to me, in the beginning, I thought that Rory kills Lucifer or does something to him. Like this was a possibility mm. I entertained. And so this felt very, very given to me that okay the stakes are now here Rory Mm. has been taken I did not expect the fucking Frenchman to be the one to do it there was just so many for one let's just put this out there Rob Benedict does such a great job acting how many different approaches and characters it's like it's incredible and I love him very much it is disturbing how disturbing he can be yeah considering how sweet of a human being he is He's a really good actor. <laughs> he it's Okay, so but enough with Rob Benedict. He is not the main character. Episode 10. Everything I didn't like is at the very very end of this. So I kind of don't want to get it out of the way before we talk about the episode itself. Even though I have to say, everything I have to say is about the very end of this. Because the only thing I like about the beginning is that Chloe and Lucifer are going together for Mm -hmm. Rory's rescue because they have been partners through this entire show. So this is the only possible solution. And also I really liked that Rory is the reason for it all with time travel and promises and time loop and... Yeah, and the way they close the time loop is incredible. I loved that. I was convinced for majority of this episode that Lucifer's gonna have to actually die, that he will sacrifice himself. Yeah, I would not have been surprised, but I'm very happy with what they did. Is there anything before the end of the end that you want to talk about? Not really. The earliest thing that we got the Rob Benedict praise out of the way already. So the... (laughs) earliest thing that I have is the Rory speech as she's going back. She's being pulled back into her own timeline. Yeah, that is definitely great. That's the point that made me cry. There was a tiny thing before that when she Mm. is considering killing Olamek. Oh, yes. We see her devil face revealing it. Coming in, yes. And I love that she has the potential for a devil face because this to me just shows even more that she is her father's daughter. (laughs) I was gonna say, it truly, it truly cemented in. At some point, I actually was like considering, oh, maybe Rory's gonna rule hell. So I was very much here for everything. And then we have the time loop closing itself, her going back in time, and the closing montage more or less happens yes and I love everything about this the Ella foundation shirts Mm -hmm. if they are not already made by someone we have to get them made we need to have them for Lux we need to wear them for an op with Amy Amy Garcia we have to get some podcast ops because (laughs) 
Uh, there's just so much. Yeah, but so I, I really, 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 really want the shirts mm-hmm. because they're amazing. Mm-hmm. So we need to get that. I absolutely love Maze and Eve living the life in perfect Lucifer fashion. The final song that is playing in this episode is Perfection. Oh, you mean Welcome to Black Parade? So you have to cover this song, period. I mean, it is the most emo song out there. You have to cover the song, period. I will not take a no for an answer. I will do that, yeah. And before I go into my complaint-a-thon on this episode, Lucifer being Linda in hell, I adore. Yes, and the fact that he creates his office to Linda's office image. Yes, is, he is, is just Linda, so period. He, yeah, it's so and good. I adore this. And the fact that he has the skill to do that now because of Linda. So yeah. essentially, it is Linda who is the reason we get a second chance if we go to hell. Do you have anything else to gush about in this episode before I go complaining? End my notes on this episode because I have no complaints on this. I'm gonna end my notes on this episode with what a fucking love story. What a beautiful love story that Lucifer and Chloe have. It made me so happy. That is actually one of my complaints because I feel like they try to play into the cheap tension that just wasn't there. Because Oh, I didn't feel any any tension whatsoever. To me, it was so obvious thing... that they're gonna reunite yeah. instantly. So it was like go away with this pseudo sad music. This isn't sad. This is them finally oh. getting back together. I didn't feel like that was sad music, but oh, okay. <laughs> to, no, to me, this was Chloe living, binding her time, spending time with her daughter before she gets to see Lucifer again. To me, this was the greatest love story that all. She is the new girl who waited. If is there any Hoovians out there? What I really liked is that she didn't wait. She had a full life with yeah. responsibilities, and she had this entire family around and her. She- Yes, she so did. But loved she it. had Yes, yes. But what I mean by she waited is that she knew that Lucifer is waiting for her at the end exactly. of it. She knew what was waiting for her. Okay, yeah, that is a better way to Because she was active that. and he was yeah. active. So they both knew what was waiting for them at a certain point in the future. And that was really, really well done. Because I have to say, this is the most elegant solution to immortal Lucifer, mortal Chloe, that I could have thought of. Mm. Because Lucifer having to watch Chloe grow old and fragile would have mm. been torturous for him. Yeah. And I can't imagine it being nice for her. I don't think he would have ever seen her as old and fragile. Because but when you get he like is, when you start hurting and he couldn't yes. do anything about the thing it, is, so yeah, ugh. I think he would suffer more from the point of he would want to take away her pain and exactly. he wouldn't be able to exactly. And so this solution, both of them having absolutely fulfilled existences, lives, passions, everything, and she having her loved ones around her and everything, so ah, oh, perfect, perfect. They managed to pull off the ultimate long distance relationship. Yeah, with the best payoff at the end yeah and I love the payoff that she then comes down to yeah. earth and joins him I have to say I read an interview with uh, Joe Ildi and Tom mm-hmm. and I think it was Joe who said on earth Lucifer was Chloe's partner and in hell Chloe is Lucifer's partner and I really love this paralleling yes so okay so go in your, on your bitch fest now two things I'm gonna bitch about one is a tiny cheap complaint 
because Amenadiel's god outfit looks cheap as hell. He has super shitty Velcro wrist cuffs that look so bad, and we have a close-up on his wrists, which makes it so bad. Multiple times, yes. I actually really liked it, because I think it fits really well with the whole aesthetic of angels and... So it was deliberate by him, you think, that his... Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, excuse me, we all know since episode one that Ames has no style whatsoever. I think he genuinely thinks this looks amazing. Okay, I am willing to to strike this because your <laughs> argumentation sounds solid thank you and so now you have already whittled down three of my complaints down to one but this one i will not be moved from okay why is the frenchman on the couch i think this is very much connected to your jimmy complaint isn't it because no because the jimmy storyline is lucifer says he needs to find someone he doesn't care about and then he says oh you need to find someone i hate and so jimmy made sense and then okay so yeah maybe we have a soft moment But before Lucifer goes to fulfill his calling to heal hell, Chloe talks to him about, but what about the other dance down in hell? And so I get Reese. I get why Reese, Linda's ex, is on the couch. I have no Mm -hmm. idea who the woman is. I feel like I missed a reference or something, but I have no idea who she is. But her face was familiar. Lamech is a shit stain of a human being. He murdered who knows how many people. How is he on the same couch as Linda's ex? Uh, Maybe at some point he would have grown enough to also deserve a place on the couch. Yes, maybe. But at the same time as Reese? No. Lamech is not one of the dance. And that made me super angry. Yeah, that's... Listen, I understand where you're coming from. I, at that point, was so emotionally invested in everything else that to (laughs) me, this was just played for this is the villains that we have and Rob was on set, so might as well just throw him in there. And I love Rob and his comment is funny. Don't get me wrong. I would assume that because Lucifer knows that Vincent is gonna have to spend a lot of time on that couch. Might as well throw him on that couch now so he can spend many, 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 many millennia getting him through this because it's gonna take some serious therapeutic process. And this is going to like wrap up for me episode 10. The comparison between all those fucked up souls and Lucifer doesn't work for me because Lucifer never did a proper terrible thing compared to all these multiple murderers. I'm sorry. He did he is, yeah, in pretty much self-defense and defense of Chloe. So yeah. there is no comparison. And then having this final sentence be, if the devil can be redeemed, so can everyone. I'm like, no, dude, you're not that bad. You've never been that bad. Humans are so much worse than you have ever been. I think to me, this sentence was more about the way the image that we as humans have about the devil. Yeah. The idea, the evil yeah. that is there. If that can be redeemed, so can anybody. But it has not been the image that was redeemed and Lucifer has always been very vocal that he is not the villain that humanity has made him out to be. He has been. However, I think that he has learned to use 
the prejudice of people, of humans, to work for him. I feel like they copied not as well as they should have from the nuanced way The Good Place handled this. Let's put it that way. Because The Good Place handled this perfectly. The Good Place is an incredible show that tackles very similar issues. Over a, a four-season of... arc. <laughs> yeah. In, in a so, lot of, you know, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, but... oh, there is this amazing approach that we could do, but we don't have enough time. And so I will be complaining about this when we do the episode. But I will now stop my complaining. And instead, I will ask for the one question you already teased you have. Because I have four. Oh, I just have the one question for Rob. And oh, that but is, you have more I other would... questions. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. That's just the one okay. question that I have fathomed thus far but the one question that I had to write down for up is I would like to know how deeply Kevin directed him into Dan I would like to know what was the process behind that because the nuances that perfect, yeah. Rob introduced the face body language facial expression intonation every single thing that Rob did I would like to know if he got that just from watching Kevin play Dan for this long or if you know how in yeah. Harry Potter they did the whole Helena Bonham Carter um, you know playing Bellatrix playing Hermione Hermione play, you know like yeah. the whole loop if Kevin actually played it or like showed him how Dan would have done it and then Rob would have kind of so I would like to just know the process behind that because he really nailed it and that was big for me absolutely my questions are more plot holes story line wise so yeah. question one why is Michael in hell scrubbing the floors with a toothbrush and what became of him mm-hmm. is he gonna end up on the couch as well or is that just for human souls he might I hope he would question two is did Trixie get told about the celestial situation at some point and if yes when or did she figure it out herself like Ella did mm-hmm Where was Trixie when Chloe died? Is Trixie stuck in heaven? Or can she visit hell? Or is Chloe visiting Trixie in heaven? Or how does this work? Yeah, to to me... Where's Trixie? (laughs) There is something that I actually thought about when Ames picks Chloe up. And that is that I would assume from the context that she is able to travel around. She might need the help of either Ames or Lucifer to move Rory. around the realms. Have her sister or, carry her around. Or Rory. Oh, no, Trixie. Not Trixie. Chloe. Oh, now I get it. Okay, sorry. Yeah. But she would be able to travel Pop back be- and forth. Between, between the realms. Not Earth, but heaven and hell. So... Third question, is Rory hanging out in heaven like a regular angel? Or is she hanging out on earth like Ames alluded that all angels would have to do this at some point? Or is she visiting her parents in hell? And are we getting a spin-off? Yes to all of that. (laughs) And my last question, obviously, is what happened to Lilith's soul? Is she in hell? And if so, is she sitting on Lucifer's therapy couch? We did establish that Lilith has a soul, right? Yeah, because Adam has a soul and Eve has a soul. So Lilith probably also has to have a soul. So I want to know what happened with Lilith's soul. Is she on therapy? And can you imagine how annoying this must be for for Lucifer to therapize Lilith? Yes, that would be excellent. Please, can we get it as a a short film eventually? Or can someone tell him, please just write me that fanfic? Oh, hell yeah. That would make me actually read fanfic. Probably. But honestly, I would kind of love like a mini-series spin-off with Rory. Mm-hmm. So 
I would watch it. That's Not just because I have this immense crush on Brianna Hildebrandt. Okay. And I watch everything she sent. Okay. I will share my overall emotions. I feel like we have had a lot of that seeping through as we talked about it. I'm very glad that any none of your opinions really penetrated my overall love because you also overall loved it very much. Yes, yes. And even though there are little details, as we have said over this special, they all pay off somehow. And yes. I understand your concerns that are there and they still stand and we will talk about them in detail once we get to it. But holy fucking shit, this season is the perfect send-off to this show. Yes. It's made me extremely happy. It involves so much love. You can see that not just the creators but the actors have such strong relationship to their characters and to each other it just radiates out of that entire thing and it just made me so happy to watch it you know what there was one downside of binging it now and that it was that I didn't want to finish it I wanted yeah. to savor it I wanted so I'm definitely going to come back to it this is definitely going to be one of my favorite seasons yes. to rewatch, and I can't wait to go through it episode by episode because then I'm going to be able to to just sit down and spend a day watching the best season of Lucifer thus far. Same, 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 same. As much as I complained throughout this recording, I am me. We're not surprised by this. <laughs> I am pretty happy with oh, all of this. Pretty happy. <laughs> like I said, I was so sure that we'd get a real Decca Star baby situation, and I had prepared myself to hate on this with a passion. But then we got time travel shenanigans and we get Rory being played by one of my favorite actresses. And so I not only endured this Decca Star child situation, I actively liked it and then I actively loved it. After five seasons of them torturing us, hurting our favorite characters, delaying our gratification on so many levels and plot lines, we now got a pretty bow for every single plot line of our main cast. And while the cynic in me says that this is kind of a shallow, happy world, happy life situation, my heart of hearts says, shut up. And mm -hmm. I am very, very happy that all my favorite people, all my favorite fictional people get to be happy, like proper happy, happy. Though, yes. as I have mentioned, the end feels a bit like a lazy ripper from The Good Place, especially with Lamech being on the couch as well. We do not get the other dance in hell propagated situation, but rather an all souls deserve equal treatment. And I personally do not abide by this. Watch The Good Place if you haven't. The Good Place handled this infinitely better and more nuanced, but they also had a lot more time to handle this. Personally, just like you, I cannot wait for us to get into the play-by-play -play coverage for this season because there's so much gold. There is so much gold and there are so many moments. And also, like I've already said in the beginning, I cannot wait for more qualified people than me or us to address the police and racism issue that they tried yeah. to handle. 
we haven't really touched on that. So uh, yeah, we're definitely I... going to get into it at some capacity during the detailed coverage. But like I said, I do not feel that we as white non-American women are in a position to properly judge it on its quality. So I am very much looking forward to use sources that are more qualified to show insight into this issue. Yes. Like we also repeatedly said, the music this season was amazing Mm -hmm. and I am so curious what tidbits you are going to unearth in your segments. (laughs) As for the devils in the details, there were some fun bits that instantly sprung to mind. So we'll see what I'm gonna choose there. But most importantly, this was a good ending to a show. And this is going to make rewatches so enjoyable. I will look forward to rewatch seasons of this, having this finale in the back of my mind. I will have fun coming all the way to this. Mm-hmm. Other shows have had finales that basically ruined the entire show for me. And yes. so I am incredibly thankful that we got a finale that easily lets us retain our love of Lucifer. And with this, we say thank you for listening. To get in touch with us, you can do so via all the social medias or you can just send us an email to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. Yay! Also, you can join our Patreon. There will be a lot of cutouts I'm expecting from this episode. So if you want to hear more of our opinions, you can not only listen to the bonus episode, but you can join our Discord server where us and our... Our patrons discuss things at the real life. There is currently a huge blacked out debate in the season six spoiler channel. I have not touched it yet because as I said at the beginning, I have only finished season six about half an hour before we start recording this. But I can't wait to dive into that one. And please, you can get access from one euro a month. So how amazing is that? Please join. Leave us a review. We love you very much. And we can't wait to get through the rest of this amazing show with you in detail. There are nearly 80 episodes waiting to be caught up upon and we will not rest until we are done with the entire show. Bye! Bye!